This episode of Get In The Game podcast is presented by the Sports Spectrum Magazine. Stories and articles on the intersection of sports and faith that you won't find anywhere else. I love this magazine, and I highly recommend you all subscribe and get your copy today. We keep our subscriptions affordable for everyone, and it makes a great gift, particularly for the kids. Subscribe today at sportspectrum.com and click the magazine icon at the top of the page. Get your subscription now at sportspectrum.com. You won't regret it. Hello, welcome to Get in the Game Podcast with your host, Scott Langer, former MLB star and current water mission advocate. Oh yeah, and he also happens to be our dad. So let's dive right in. Well, hey, welcome back to Get In The Game Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith in action and what it means not to just talk about it, but actually get on the field of faith and live it out each day. I'm excited to announce my guest for this week. It is uh, Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. Goldie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well. Um, Thank you for the time to be here. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, he grew up in Texas. He's like me. He's a Texas guy, uh, Houston area. And we actually went to the same college. Uh, I'm going to say, though, that Goldie has done more for Texas State baseball and putting them on the map than I ever did. But uh, it's an honor to to have a former Bobcat on the show here with me, too. Yeah, well, you know, I faced you well one time. You struck me out. So <laughs> I think you got the win right there. But, man, that's crazy to think about because I think when I came up or when I got drafted, you were the only – Texas State alumni in the big leagues and obviously was looking up to you and uh and got a chance to meet you at you know in the off season and then you know we faced each other so uh unfortunately you got me right there but but that's that's part of the game right well hey I mean we all start somewhere and uh, <laughs> I, I was glad that I got you maybe on the front end because I would not want to face you today so uh <laughs> I don't know well, it's um, it is great to see you doing awesome things, not just on the field but off the field. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that and the way that you're giving back, the way that you're serving others. Um, for those of you who may not be as familiar with Paul and what um, kind of his um, background and getting to where he's at today, I want to give you um, a few numbers, a bit of a bio. Uh, your story is is a bit of an underdog story, and I can appreciate that because I had one of those too, but. You know, you came came out of uh, uh, the woodlands around Houston. Um, I guess not a huge recruit. I mean, we we uh, both have an affinity for Texas State, but that's not like one of the big powerhouses of Texas or an A and um, But you got drafted in the ninth round, and then that turned into a thirteen year big league career and still going. And you're a seven time All Star. You've won some awards like the Hank Aaron Award. You're a Gold Glover, a Silver Slugger. And you're fresh off of an MVP campaign in 2022. So, where I where I would love to start is just um, what what kind of turned it around for you, or or where did you go from let's say good to great? Um, you know, I think one of the things my dad and and probably other coaches, my mom as well, my parents are, are probably the number one influence on me was just always about trying to get better, and I think that that just really has you know, served me to get to the big leagues. And and now still, that's probably my biggest mindset, um, you know, what I'm trying to do in my career. So, 
you know, some a lot of the bigger schools that you said they were as probably their second, third, fourth, fourth choice. It didn't work out. Texas State called, took a visit, and as soon as I stepped on campus, I don't know why, it just felt right. I told my dad that's where I want to go, and um, I loved every bit there with Coach Harrington, and I learned so much, and I was able to to keep getting better. I think I got drafted in like the 49th round out of high school, and then uh, eighth round, I a little bit better than I eighth round out of college. So, I, you know, I, I was able over those few years to to keep improving. And I think that in, in minor league baseball was the same thing. It was I knew I didn't have all the answers, and I just every day just wanted to work to get better and. I um, was really blessed to have just some amazing coaches, uh, hitting coach I had for tears in the minor leagues was Alan Zinter um, and just kept learning. And then, you know, in the big, you know, getting a chance to play in the big leagues and just learning from a lot of great teammates and, you know, not, I think, you know, maybe not being the most talented guy, you got to learn to adapt and you got to learn to make adjustments. And, you know, if there's anyone listening that has kids, like, of course, we want our kids not to struggle. I mean, I struggle, you know, I struggle with that because I have two young kids as well. But I think those struggles early on and not maybe being the best player, you know, you learn how to deal with failure, which is a huge thing in this game of baseball and really life. And so a lot of these things that, you know, these kind of non-physical skills, I think I had kind of learned at an earlier age. And so then, Physically, as I kept improving and, and getting better and, and, and making adjustments, you know, I was able to get to the big leagues uh, extremely quickly, which was uh, which was crazy to me. And, and my whole career has been crazy. It's, you know, you read that or hear that. I'm like, man, I wouldn't have dreamed that in my wildest dreams. But, you know, I think my focus has really just been on taking it day by day and just trying to get a little bit better and and not get wrapped up in any distractions as best I can. Goldie, you make a great point there. I love that you um, shared that for some of our younger listeners because you're right. Adversity has such an influence on shaping and molding us, and and I think that's a real problem in some of our culture today is that we see adversity, trials, suffering as something to be avoided. But um, you know, nobody really likes to go through those storms and be in the fire. But um, for me personally, and I, what I just heard you say is, you know, those are the things that really show us who we are and make us dig deep and and give us that work ethic and that desire to keep forging ahead and create mental toughness. And, you know, you get knocked down a few times and, and that really solidify, solidifies your resolve to get back up and get back in the fight. Yeah, for sure. Build your confidence. I mean, one of my favorite stories I love to tell if I'm, you know, speaking at some place or talking to kids is. When I was in the minor leagues, I got a chance to play in the Futures games, like the minor league all-star game. It was my first time playing on TV, and I was having a great year. And there was, you know, so many great players, um, guys like Harper and Manny Machado, and we were all in the minor leagues. And, man, I played horrible. And uh, I was 0 for 4, two strikeouts, made at least an error, probably another ball I should have played. And I was so nervous. And I remember telling my wife at the um, at the after the game, I was like, hey, if I ever get a chance to play in the big leagues – I'll not let the nerves get the best of me. I'll just, you know, I'm going to learn from this. And I think about two weeks later, I got called up and, and made my big league debut and and was able to get a hit my first at bat and a, a home run the next day and and play, you know, decently well right off the bat. And I definitely think that if I wouldn't have had that moment um, of failure, which was only two, three weeks earlier, that it could have been a different result. And so, man, that was just, there's, I have so many examples. We could talk this whole time about that. And at the time you don't realize it, but you know, I think even when I'm struggling now, I mean, we're talking about the game of baseball, but, you know, it happens in life, too, is, you know, just trying to say, like, what can I learn from that instead of just 
being disappointed, which of course we are after a strikeout or a loss or whatever is like kind of reframing my mind to, okay, what can I take from that? And, and trying to frame it as a good thing so that the next time I'm in a similar situation or the next day or next at bat, you know, maybe I've learned something from it other than just not learning from that failure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I think that's also a great point for people to hear and understand is that, you know, even guys that have 13 year careers with multiple all-star games, um, you know, we look at, at what you've done over the years and, you know, there's, there's such a, a consistent um, nature of, of what you've done year after year. And you think, well, this guy just rolls out of bed and he, and that's what he does. Um, but you know, I, I for me that again, I, I don't want to speak for you, but, um, for me, I felt like every single year I had to go out there and prove myself. And it didn't matter how many times I had done it. In some ways, it even got harder because you think, well, I, I've set this standard. I've I've given people expectations of of what I need to live up to. Um, you know, and I, I got to go out there now and do it again. And and sometimes that was the hardest thing to to go out there and do it one more time. And it wasn't like it got any easier because you had another year under your belt. In fact, it probably got a little harder because we're getting a little older. Yeah, I feel you. So, yeah, I remember at the Texas State Banquet, my dad, we were doing a Q&A and um, somebody asked, like, hey, when did you you know that you made it? And I was like, man, I'm, I'm still scared that my career is going to end tomorrow. So, yeah. you know, there's you never figure the game out. And, and it does. It gets it, it actually does get harder. And in some respects, it gets easier with some experience. But in a lot of times, you know, there's harder, there's new things. And, you know, I mean, you've heard me talk about mindset a lot. That's obviously a very important part of uh, my success and, and on the field and, and hopefully off the field. But, yeah, I think it's all how you interpret it. You have a good year. You're thinking, oh, man, now I got the pressure to do it again. Or you're thinking, you know, all right, that was great. And then you kind of, for me, is like trying to forget about the past and the future, which, you know, I think, you know, is a very biblical uh, truth as well that you hear in there and Jesus speaks about it. So, you know, for me and that mindset is really just taking it day by day. I mean, in the minor leagues, I was never looking, you know, at stats or who was ahead of me. I think guys get into that trap of, oh, well, I'm in A ball, but this guy's in double A and this is guy's doing it in the big leagues. I mean, I I honestly didn't even know who our coaches were at the big league level. I mean, I was so naive. And um now even now in my career, it's like I'm not I don't look at stats. I'm not looking at the scoreboard. I'm not doing all these things. I'm not watching our highlights. So I make like a conscious effort to try to take out as many distractions as I can um, because I think that helps with performance and in your mindset of not, you know, if you're struggling, then all of a sudden you're looking at your stats like, man, I'm, I'm terrible. And if you're doing good, then you think you got to figure it out. But the truth is, you know, all that's in the past. So um, I really just try to focus on the things I can control and just try to play as, you know, give it my best effort. And then, you know, whatever, whatever happens that day and, and over the course of my career, you know, I'll look back and, and hopefully have no regrets. Well, that's a uh, great advice for a baseball career. It's also great advice for a faith walk too. Um, stay, stay with what you can control. Don't get outside of that. And I know that's a, a difficult thing as we navigate our spiritual journeys. Um, I'd love to go there next since you already brought it up. Um, I know faith is a big part of your life and you've got an interesting background because you came from a home that had, influences both from the Jewish faith and the Catholic faith. Uh, and you've already talked about your faith in Jesus. So uh, there's a bit of a melting pot there, but can you talk about those influences in your life and how you came to faith? Yeah. I mean, uh, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. My mom was Catholic. So 
Um, I already talked to my parents were my biggest influences. And I mean, I'm trying to be like both of them. And so I have nothing but great things. So yeah, you know, we got a little bit of both. We went to a Catholic church growing up and, you know, learned a lot about that and, you know, did my first communion and, and all those things. But I honestly, as you know, I got older, um, as a lot of kids do, you know, sports or friends or whatever, you know, becomes what you want to do. I mean, you're a teenager, that's what happens. And so for me, you know, even though I'd done those things as a kid, my faith was definitely not in Jesus. And um actually got to the big leagues, you know, got married, um, was living the dream, I guess. And uh, but uh, uh teammates of mine invited me to, to Bible study in the off season. And and honestly, you know, I didn't want to go, but my wife was like, no, we're going. And uh it took a couple of years, but the people there were so loving and so great that eventually, you know, I was like, man, you know, maybe all this stuff that I, I didn't believe uh, about the Bible, about God, about Jesus might actually be true. And I really started asking, you know, asking these guys a lot of questions. And um, I like to share this because it wasn't a lot of people have there's so many different stories. You know, people are really struggling with something and they have this moment where they hear God speaking to them or, you know, someone shared this verse or, you know, there's something that happened. And I think mine is a little unique in that it was just kind of like this gradual thing. And it, it honestly was just the people were so loving all my teammates mm. and, and the, the guy who was leading study. And actually they were very open about a lot of the mistakes that they were making in life. There was, you know, just times where guys were, you know, Hey, I, I yelled at my kids today. And I'm like, wait, hold on. You're in Bible. So you can't yell at your kids, but they were like, they weren't proud of it. They just were very real and honest. And so to me that, you know, I knew their faith was, was real and, and they weren't lying and they weren't trying to, you know, they were actually living out what they were saying, um, which is, you know, we make mistakes and we're forgiven by Jesus and um, they're trying to be obedient and they're trying to do their best. And so it definitely took some time. That would be the other encouragement. You know, it wasn't like I started going to study and day two, I was like, oh man, yeah, I'm all in on this. So uh, it's definitely been, you know, a longer journey, but I think it's the other thing that is amazing to me about that story is I, I speak about this is like, to me, God used baseball to introduce himself to me. And I think that's so cool because, you know, we all have different jobs or hobbies or whatever, and God can use anything out there. Um, you know, I, like I said, I was already in the big leagues, signed a, you know, contract. I had, everything was married. I mean, I was not struggling in my life at all, but if I wouldn't have been there, you know, those teammates wouldn't have shared and, and loved on me and invited me and just had me over to their house. And, you know, the way they lived, I wouldn't ask those questions. So, um, you know, I think that's something that I'm still trying to do now is, you know, obviously I'm out there trying to perform. That's, you know, that's very, very important. We want to win, um, but looking for ways. And if there's guys and, you know, if we can talk about Jesus and, and see if guys are struggling, or even if, you know, maybe it isn't about Jesus, just be there to help and be a good teammate and, and be there to see if I can, you know, help guys get better at their game or, or share wisdom that was shared with me or just anything. And so uh, I had so many great role models and so many great teammates and, and coaches that, you know, it's definitely a responsibility to, you know, pass that on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, you're in a great clubhouse too, over there. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know a few of those guys and, and was uh, influenced by them too at the back end of my career when I played for the Cardinals, but uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Cause that is a special thing to be in a clubhouse with guys that, love Jesus and aren't afraid to tell people about it. And I know you guys get together regularly for studies and, um, I know you lead some of those studies as well, but, um, 
Can, can you maybe uh, share with our audience a little bit about what that dynamic in your clubhouse looks like? Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, it started in, in Arizona, which is well, I was with the Dimebacks before. And I think, you know, how fortunate we were. We had a, a group of guys who, you know, had their faith in Jesus as well. And and I think I want people to know we're not just like in the clubhouse shoving it down people's throat. But, you know, we might meet afterwards and study the Bible together. Or, you know, we're there to hold each other accountable. We're very respectful if somebody has, you know, different views, which obviously in this world, there's so many different ones. And and we're not trying to judge them and we're just trying to, you know, be good teammates and love on them. And I believe that's what the Bible talks about and and what Jesus was doing. But, you know, if people have questions or things like that, then we're happy to share. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times we get together, um, you know, on Sundays, we don't have opportunity to go to, you know, church, like just like regular because we, we have games. And so we get to meet together for 15, 20 minutes and and do like a sped up version and, and and hear the word of God and get together and pray together. And then, you know, usually we'll we'll meet, you know, on the road sometimes in, in somebody's room and same thing, just try to get together. And so we're always trying to do things like that. Um, a couple of years ago, we started a, a text message chain where we're kind of doing like a little Bible study just to try to stay connected on a daily level, you know, just to talk about different things. And, uh, you know, Wainwright's charity, Big League Impact has been very impactful and that this year they're, they're setting up opportunities for us to, to go to serve, um, you know, to serve kids or in different communities on the road. So, you know, we were able to, you know, go to an elementary school and, and uh, play with some kids and hand out some food and toys. And that was really cool. Uh, went to the children's hospital one time and did some different things. So that's something that's never happened to me in my career. And, you know, a big credit to Adam and, and his organization, Big League Impact, because he's always looking for ways to serve in the community and uh, and bring more people in. So um, that's been great. That's been something new this year. And just really thankful for uh, for Adam to help and set that up, because that's been it's been a huge blessing for us. And and I think, you know, a lot of people have really enjoyed it as well. So you're actually on the road. You're using time away from the field and people may not understand the baseball schedule, but I mean, you're not getting home till late from a night game and you got to be back up at the field early afternoon to get ready for the next night game. But you're, you're going to wake up early and, and go to a children's hospital or somewhere and, and give up maybe a couple hours of your time. Yeah. The pitch clock helps us get there early. So, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a couple hours. Not like we're doing it every day. I don't want to be out here mm -hmm. bragging, but it's pretty awesome you know, that they were able to set that up. And as you know, on the road, you, you do have some time. And I think that's why we try to do it at, at home. A lot of times, you know, when you're gone from your family for seven to 10 days to, you know, you want to catch up on that time with your kids and, and stuff you need to do. So I think the road for us is actually a really good time that we can get together and meet and then do some of these other things. Um, as you know, guys get together and go to breakfast or lunch together. So now we just are trying to add in you know, opportunities to serve some people in, in these different communities. Um, and like I said, all the credit goes to to Wayno and, and his group at Big League Impact. And honestly, that hopefully this will be something that grows. I know I think that he wants this to, you know, I want to speak for him, but I think he wants this to be part of his legacy when he retires is that hopefully people will continue to do this and uh, can just make some impact in communities that, you know, all across our country where there's big league teams and we can get more and more. And we're not the only team doing it. He's trying to, you know, this is trying to be set up for, for guys on other teams. And it's, it's not even just Christians as well. I mean, anyone is welcome to come um, from our team. So it's a pretty awesome initiative. Hopefully he's okay with me talking about it, but uh, it's been impactful and we're only, you know, a month into the season. 
Well, you know, and I think that there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of people out there, women and men uh, and kids who maybe they just need to be given permission to serve or here's what it could look like in your context. Um, and that's what I love about how you've you've taken a, a unique situation that you guys are in. You've got a tremendous platform. And I got to think that when you walk into these children's hospitals and places with kids that they're they just light up seeing these major leaguers come spend time with them and to think that that they're willing to give of their day to to spend a little time um i know that must serve them tremendously but can you talk a little bit about how it makes you feel yeah that's the thing is you think you're going to serve other people and help them and all of a sudden like you're walking out of there with way more energy and joy and um obviously compassion and and just gratitude for everything in life. I mean, it, we went yesterday, there was five of us and we literally stepped out of this van at a school we'd never been to. We don't have our uniforms or Jersey. I know it was like the kids were just going crazy. Um, and man, that just gave me right off the bat. I just felt like just so much joy and energy and um, it's amazing. And, you know, my wife and I have volunteered, you know, kind of our thing off the field has really been trying to help kids and, especially in Phoenix when we were there for eight years, it's been a little tough. You're not tough, but it's been a little slower in St. Louis, but we've, you know, helped out at different children's hospitals and we go in and we think we're going to, you know, sign some autographs and do all these great things for the patients and their families. And, you know, you do, you take a little bit of time, but then you walk out of there. And like I said, you have so much energy and joy and, and these kids have had such an impact on our life. Um, and I think that's, that's the, the crazy thing that we forget. And, uh, but it's been, it's been really awesome. And, just thankful for uh, the people around me that have, you know, set that example. And I think that's kind of where I am now. I mean, I'm still young, but in the game of baseball, you know, you get old pretty quickly. And so I think I've had great mentors who have shown me, Hey, this is what you want to do as a baseball player. And, and as a follower of Jesus. And, you know, without that, I would be a completely different person. And so now it's like trying to pass on that knowledge and wisdom you know, to more guys and then hopefully they do the same. So it's not at all what I'm doing. It's just trying to follow the example that was set before me. Yeah. There's a natural tendency, I think, for all of us to think about, you know, what we're going to give up if we're going to go out and do something. And invariably you're going to give up some sleep. You're going to give up, you know, maybe a, a extra time to yourself. And uh, there's so many demands of your time when you leave that hotel room, when you go onto the field and whether you're, you know, in batting practice, getting asked for an autograph or um, a special appearance, um, you know, people don't realize there's a, there's a lot of tugs at your time. So the fact that you're uh, willing to give up even more of it. Um, but then in a recent podcast, we heard Mickey Weston talk about um, not necessarily the looking at the cost, but looking at the value. And when we think about how, you know, if something's valuable, we're willing to pay the cost because we see the greater value in it. And so that's what I'm hearing from you is that there's something that comes back that um, maybe some intangibles or things that we don't often think about, but, but uh, it is truly something that, that gives us uh, a motivation toward serving more in the future. Yeah, for sure. I know it's not like I was thinking, Oh man, I'm going to get this out of there. I mean, I think it just kind of happened. I was like, wow, I, we walked out after, you know, look, we all wanted to sleep and, and rest for the game too, but um, you know, he said, you, you go do it. I'm like, man, I'm, I was so happy that, that God kind of pushed me to go do that and, and set it up so that, man, I just got all this, like I said, energy and joy and gratitude that I wouldn't have had. I might've been maybe a little bit more rested, but I don't know. I probably wouldn't have had as much energy. So, um, and I think also 
you know, you think I've had so many people that have helped me in my life. And, and that's where I feel that responsibility to carry that on um, in whatever way I can. And so on the field, off the field, um, and that's just kind of where my mindset goes is, you know, Jesus said how, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. And that's kind of always on the forefront of my mind. I know a lot of people have treated me amazing. And so I just want to do my best. I screw it up all the time, but to, to try to carry that on and, and to kind of treat people how I was actually treated and, you know, how I'd like to be. And, and that's kind of, for me, my motivation. That's great. Paul, I really appreciate you sharing these thoughts with us. Um, maybe just one more question before we go. Uh, we're early in the season. Um, I know there's still a lot of baseball left, but as you look at the team that you've got, um, where you guys are headed, um, you know, injuries aside, you know, what, whatever may be happening right now, it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But what, what gets you excited the most about the rest of the season and what, where do you think the Cardinals will be five months from now? Well, uh, we have not had a good record this first month. So I think you're excited that we got a long time to to play well and, and try to make up this ground. So, you know, I think the fact that our record has been worse and I feel like we've played and, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of close games that, you know, we were maybe one pitch away or one hit away. Um, instead of letting that wear on you, just understand that, you know, obviously we got to get better and play better, but, you know, we're very close to to winning a lot of games and and that's part of the season. So we have a really talented team. We still have a lot of depth. I think that's probably, you know, our biggest asset as a team. Um, we have a lot of young players and, but they're all very talented. And, um, you know, I love going out there and playing, competing and, and getting opportunity to win every day. And so we got a group of guys that play hard and, and really want to win. So um, we're trying to do everything we can to, to make any adjustments and to play better. And, um, you know, hopefully we can going forward. Yeah. And I was going to finish with this, but, uh, you know, when I think of guys and I, I try to encapsulate them with a word, um, I, the word that comes to mind to me for you is consistency. And I think what you said, you know, whether it be maybe the ups and downs of the season or maybe some, some really serious life matters that guys are questioning, having a, a guy like yourself, who's shown consistency throughout the years, not only in the game of baseball, but in life um, and having a veteran presence for somebody to come to. I got to think that that's a big asset for a young, young team, um, all of the young guys on there and a bit of a calming effect, not to get too worried or stressed out in April about where they might be from a bat batting average standpoint or team record. Um, but, but you're a guy that maybe they can go to, or even just look to on a day-to-day -day basis and know, Hey, he's still going out there. He's still doing his thing, trusting the process, knowing that eventually it's all going to work out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing. I mean, even I battle it is, you know, especially when you're not getting the results, are you just going to stick with what you're, what you're doing or you, do you need to make an adjustment? But I mean, I love that we're consistency. Uh, it's probably something that I've tried to stake my career on is just to be as consistent as possible. And I think, just for people listening, you think about how do you do that? You don't just like make a decision to be consistent and then go play. So I think the consistency is all the work behind it is your routine daily showing up and, and putting in the work and then not getting distracted. You know, maybe when your results are are good, because you can sometimes get lazy and think you got to figure it out and, you know, get complacent. Or when you're struggling, you can you know, start to change things that maybe don't need to be changed because the results aren't going your way. So for me, the consistency 
is really in my mindset and my approach. And probably the biggest thing is that I talk about is the things I can control. If it's out of my control, uh, you know, I let it go. You, you know, for a pitcher, you make a good pitch and the guy, you know, hits it. Well, that was, that was a good pitch and, and having to accept that. And as a hitter, you know, you can have a good at bat. You can hit a ball hard. The guy makes a diving catch and, you know, on paper, that's an out, you lose the game, but in, in the real world, you did, you know, everything you could control, you did everything right. And so, you know, I think that's, really for me the consistency is in all that work kind of behind the scenes of course you want to be consistent on the field but you know to your point being in the clubhouse and your actions and the actions are way more important than your words i can tell people stuff all the time but if if i'm not living out what i'm saying and not how i have to be perfect but making that attempt and trying to do it you know people aren't going to listen to your words so you know i'm always watching guys that were my mentors or guys i looked up to is you know i was following them because of the way of their actions, they match their words or, you know, their actions were what I wanted to be like, not necessarily that they were just telling me the right thing. And, and I'm trying to, you know, be like them still and, and carry that through and, and hopefully, you know, help guys on our team. I'm, I mean, so many guys helped me. I mean, as a young player, we had so many veterans that I owe a lot of my success to. And um, so now I'm, you know, like trying to, like I said, treat people I was treated, I was treated, extremely well and and try to you know carry that forward because i know how how helpful it is boy true in baseball and true in parenting mm -hmm. i'm learning that raising a couple of teenage daughters right now and i heard somebody say this once i think it's it's worth repeating that so much of of uh the lessons are are not taught but caught it's what they see you doing it's um it's it's what you know again like what you say is done on a consistent basis and and what they see working so uh, great advice. Thank you. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, thank you for all you do on and off the field and uh, God's blessings this season. Yeah, thank you. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Get In The Game podcast, part of the Sports Spectrum podcast network. Check out sportspectrum.com for more content. And while you're there, consider subscribing to our Sports Spectrum magazine. It makes a great gift and is perfect for the sports fan who loves Jesus. You can subscribe today at sportspectrum.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Get in the Game.